This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 402 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, a cotton-headed ninny muggins, Nate Dotson. How are you today, Nate? Listen, I will have you know that I passed through the seven levels of the Candy Cane Forest, through the sea of the swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked across the John A. Roebling Bridge just to be here today to get the slander. As soon as we turn on the cameras, the slander I won't stand for. I do have to apologize, uh, although it, the fact is you are a, a cotton-headed ninny muggins, and, and, and truth is a defense. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, that's a little uh, hint of where we're going here in this podcast and uh, in this episode. And of course, if you read the title of the episode already, you know where we're going. But, you know, it's the off-season. There's not a lot of Reds news necessarily. There's some. We're going to get to it here in just a little bit, as we do every single week here at the Riverfront. But uh, this off season with uh, the players being locked out of, uh, by the owners and, and, you know, so not a lot of transactions, not a lot of news. We thought, Oh, we got to come up with some, some, some different, uh, you know, perspectives, some different uh, topics uh, for the podcast. And my man, Nate here came up with a beautiful one and I'm gonna let you go ahead and kind of uh, lead into uh, explain where, where this idea came from. The, uh, the, the off season can get a little boring at the best of times. We didn't have any winter meetings because of this darn lockout. So we just had to figure out how to have a little fun, how to, uh, you know, give us an excuse to still hang out for an hour a week. And um, we decided to come up with a little bit of a, a gimmick. So today's episode is just the 2021 Cincinnati Reds in elf quotes. It's the holiday season. We're just trying to have a little fun. <laughs> elf? What is that, like a movie or something? I've never heard of it. Um, unfunny fact, I used to work at a video store in high school, a movie star as it was called. <laughs> I refused to to sit down and watch Elf for years. What? When it first came out on DVD, remember back when DVDs existed, <laughs> they, this movie store played it on loop from October to January. That sounds like the best job ever. It was a constant part of my life. And so I just, forever, I drew a hard line. But I finally sat down and my life has been forever improved. I, I, would, I would think so. Elf. Uh, if you haven't seen Elf, of course, it is a motion picture. Nate, do you like the motion pictures? They move these days. It's crazy. They do. Elf was a 2003 uh, uh, motion picture directed by John Favreau, starring, uh, I can't remember everybody. I know it had James Caan and, and Bob Newhart and, uh, and Zoe Chanel and, and, and Mary Steenburgen and Peter Dinklage. I can't remember who else it might have had in that movie. Was there anyone else in, in the movie? As impressed as I am with your pronunciation of Zoe Deschanel, I had to ask my fiance how to say that word. Uh, <laughs> the immortal Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, Will Ferrell, right. Heard of so, but again, this is not Reds related, but it kind of is because Will Ferrell played in a, a spring training inning or two with the Reds uh, once upon a time. Is Will Ferrell the funniest, uh, the funniest man of, uh, you know, the last 20 years? What do you think? I think that's a pretty, pretty, pretty fair claim. He's up there. I watched. I rewatched Old School recently, and whew, it's funny. 
that's a funny movie. Uh, but if you're sensitive, you might need to use your, your earmuffs on when you watch that. It's got some, see what I did there. You see how, anyway. Um, so elf, yeah, elf's a funny movie. It's kind of a, uh, become a holiday classic, uh, around this time of year. And so if you've not seen elf, what are you waiting for? It's, 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 it's amazing. It is Will Ferrell playing a, or an, I guess, if we wanted to use proper grammar an elf. Now, now, how can Will Ferrell be an elf? I don't understand. Maybe you can just explain how that works. I'm no scientist, but apparently when you get put up for adoption, there is potential for elves to acquire you. Ah, okay. All right. So, um, so anyway, you should go watch the movies. But, but Nate thought, you know, let's, let's, let's try to kind of describe the Cincinnati Reds using only quotes from the movie Elf. And there's a billion great quotes from the movie Elf. So that's what we're going to do. If you like, if you don't want this, just, I don't know, fast forward a little while. We'll get to the Reds talk later and some, some viewer mail, but, um, well, this is all Reds talk, but we'll get to current Reds news such as it is later. But we just thought this would be fun. And Nate, so this was your idea. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you uh, start through this sea of twirly, swirly gumdrops and, uh, and give us the, hit us with the first elf quote. All right. My, uh, my first quote was from Buddy the Elf, as most of these are. Will Ferrell's, char- Will Ferrell's character. It was, I just like to smile. Smile is my favorite. I'm going to dedicate this quote to our beloved Jonathan India. The guy was all smiles all season long. He brought smiles to the fans, his energy, his attitude. It really just uh, sort of put a stamp on this Cincinnati Reds season. And I think he's the perfect representation for uh, smiling's his favorite. Yeah. Every time you see Jonathan India now, you got to think smiling's my favorite, not just because he made us smile all season, which he did, but yeah, that guy's just always having fun out there. And, you know, if it, again, we, we constantly are talking about reasons to be optimistic and reasons to want to kind of stay tuned with this team. Man, he's one of them. He just, he just is. He's, he's uh, just, oh, Jonathan Indy is my favorite along with smiling. Also, happy birthday to Jonathan Indy. Oh, really? The 17 years old. How old is he? Do we know? 17, 18? He can, he can vote. <laughs> I think that's how it works. All right, so that's a good one. Yes, I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite okay so now the next uh the next elf quote so good news i saw a dog today <laughs> again maybe you have to watch the movie to, to understand some of these but again if you're not seeing the movie what are you doing but yeah, so good news podcast right now go watch the movie come back to the podcast yes that's actually a great idea uh i'm afraid if anybody leaves the podcast they're not coming back after listening to this nonsense though but that's, that's good advice. So anyway, uh, <laughs> this one, this one we got to dedicate to. This was again a quote from Buddy the Elf. Good news, I saw a dog today. Oh, he's so so pure in the movie. So this one has to go out to uh, really all, every Reds fan because you know not been a lot of good news obviously of late, uh, but you know dogs are awesome. So you know go go Reds fans. I, I, there's another one maybe that I would add in here as well that I you know you came up with some of these quotes and I found one that I think goes along with this one, which is Buddy saying. Does somebody need a hug? Yeah, that's 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 Reds fans, right? We're we're enduring uh, some bad times, but we're trying to have some fun with it. Clearly, uh, as we're showing here, there are plenty of times when I'm out for a daily walk and I'm just thinking about the Reds, and it's not great. It's not a great place to be early in the morning. But you look over and you see a golden retriever just yipping away, and you know what? I saw a dog today. Good boy. <laughs> it's everything's okay with the world. Oh, mercy. All right. So uh, what do you got next? Now, you got another one for us? Next up is uh, probably my favorite quote. Um, it says, not now, Arctic Puffin. 
Does it say that behind you up there? I'm looking at the screen. Yes, it does say that. <laughs> this goes out to no one. I just thought it was hysterical. So <laughs> you were already getting off the rails here, Nate. Come on. That's not Reds related. I remember the quote from the movie. I went and did my research and saw it. And it makes no more sense now that I have seen it. But I'm sorry. It made me laugh. And that's the uh, the benefit of getting to host a podcast. You can exactly. You laugh sometimes. Not now, Arctic Buffin. Okay, so here, now listen, uh, Nate, this, you, you came up with this one, and, and you also uh, made the suggestion as who we should dedicate this quote to, and it's it's the most perfect one of all of these, I got to say. And I'm glad that I get to do it. I, I'm sorry you don't get to do this one, but here's the quote. It's from Buddy the Elf once again. I'm sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 cookies into the VCR. I'm sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 cookies in the VCR. Nate, go ahead and tell, ahead and tell, uh, tell all our viewers who, who we're going to dedicate that one to. This uh, is going to make the most sense to uh, members of the Riverfront community, but this is Kyle Farmer. The guy showed up every day, played his tail off. All he wanted to do was win and contribute, and Reds fans just raked him over the coals. So uh, I can just see Kyle Farmer just reading – Reading the tweets, and I highly recommend do not read the tweets. But yeah, don't do that. Just stepping back, going, "Sorry, guys, I'm sorry, I ruined your life." <laughs> Eleven cookies into your VCR. He played hard. He didn't really jam any cookies into my VCR. He, you know, he was perfectly cromulent, and uh, you know, we just we gave him a hard time. So, sorry, Kyle. For uh, how about this, Kyle Farmer? You can cram eleven cookies into my VCR anytime you want. I don't know. What you got next, Nate? My, uh, next up, I have uh, one from Mr. Narwhal, who you may not have realized was a character. Says, Bye, <laughs> buddy. I hope you find your dad. Bye, <laughs> buddy. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> oh, I dedicated this to, to uh, Nick Castellanos, Wade Miley, Alex Blandino. Maybe we want to kick it back a little bit and include Raziel Iglesias and Archie Bradley. This goes out to all the departed Reds, the ones that are going to go and find greener pastures. And, you know, we can't really blame you for leaving if it was your choice. If it wasn't, you know, probably made all the sense in the world for us to keep you and we shipped you off anyway. So we hope you find your dad. <laughs> Bye, buddy. <laughs> um, Nate, I was gonna, this is something I thought when I, when I saw this, which is that, what, what, how do you, what's your perspective on former Reds when they go to another team? Are you, are you still all in on them? Because I, you know, I, I cheer for, I think every single former Red that goes elsewhere for whatever reason they go elsewhere. I can't think of one that I really don't at least uh, look fondly upon. And uh, what, what's your perspective? Uh, I agree completely. Um, it also just seems like every time they leave, they go and do amazing things. A la Adam Duvall, you know, somebody's going to go have a great career elsewhere, but yeah, it's, it's, you want the best for them. I don't envy the players that end up in the Reds organization for a long time. Yeah, Adam Duvall's a good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, is a good, uh, a good, you know, um, one to discuss here because man, in the World Series, I was cheering for that guy. I wanted him to get a ring. Good for him. That's former Reds All Star Adam Duvall to you. I hope he finds his dad. <laughs> next question. Next uh, quote from. <laughs> The, uh, the feature film Elf comes from Jovi. Jovi's the character played by Zoe Deschanel. Here's her quote. I'm just trying to get through the holidays. 
Yeah, that's that's not just to Reds fans, frankly. We're going to have to expand that to all of Major League Baseball. I'm just trying to get through the holidays. You know, we got we're locked out. Maybe we'll get some some baseball at some point. There's some discussion in the Slack channel today about is it going to be before spring training starts? When are they going to agree? Because that look like the owners and players are even going to talk till the new year starts. So we just got to get through these holidays, right, Jovi? There's reason for optimism after the holidays. You mind if I start calling you Jovi on this uh, on this show? You call me worse. I'll take Jovi. It's actually it's actually true. Right, what you got next? Next up, I was surprised how appropriate this one was. I was pumped when I heard it. Um, this is from Papa Elf in the intro to the feature film. Can Some we say Papa it? Elf, played by the legendary comic actor and uh, stand-up comedian Bob Newhart? Legendary Bob Newhart, probably most known for his role as Papa Elf, but probably know. yeah, I can't think of anything else he's known for. But yeah, uh, the quote is: "Some call it the show or the big dance. It's the profession that every elf aspires to, and that is to build toys in Santa's workshop." This one goes out to the young bucks. This goes out to Hunter Green and Jose Barrero. They're just trying to build some toys. Can't we? Can we bring them up to the show to the big dance? Let them build some toys in Cincinnati. Yeah, let's get these guys up to Santa's workshop. All they want to do. Make some toys. Don't we all want to make some toys? You know, Hunter Green making an Etch-A-Sketch over here. I don't know what Jose Barrero is making over there. I don't know. Whatever he wants to make. Come on. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Oh, what? what let, me see, let me see that mug you got there, Nate. What is that? Ooh, sharp. Riverfront coffee mug or beer mug, as the case <laughs> Soon to be available widely. Um, yeah, so... Uh, some call it the show or the big dance. It's the profession that every elf aspires to. So we hope those elves, elves, Hunter and Jose and, and all the other young guys, just let them get up here and build some toys. Cause I want to oh, see a lot of elves, a lot of, a lot of talented elves, a lot of talented elves that are being kept down on the, uh, where, where do you think the triple uh, A uh, minor league team is for, uh, for the North pole? What do you think it's like in, is it Alaska? Is it going to be like Nova Scotia somewhere? I'm going to say it's probably somewhere by our buddy Joey Gaditza in Canada. Ooh, he might. Wait a minute. You think he's actually on the Santa's AAA team up there? Oh, I hope he gets the call. <laughs> make some, make a couple of etch sketches up there. Um, because that's the only toy I can think of right now. Because, I, you know, I was, uh, you know, the last time I got a Christmas gift was 1976 or something, evidently. So I've been a naughty boy. Okay, the next quote comes from Santa. All right, finally, the yeah, the, the big guns coming in, right? Santa. This is Santa Claus. Uh, this quote is, Christmas spirit is about believing, not seeing. Right? Christmas spirit is about believing, not seeing. This one could have been said not by Santa, but by Nick Crawl right around the trade deadline. It's We're just, we're believing that things are going to happen. We're relaxing a little bit, but you know, it's not about doing or seeing. It's about believing that good things are going to happen. This one That's was the, too funny for me. Yeah. Don't actually see the roster. Look at who's on it. Just right. believe that people are going to get better from their injuries and they're going to start pitching better. Oh, around the trade deadline, we have to start calling Nick Crawl. Just not even mention it again. But every time we mention Nick Crawl, instead of saying Nick Crawl around the trade deadline this, this summer, we're just going to say Santa Claus. And see if people can figure out who we're talking about. Because, you know, he'll have that trade deadline spirit. I support this. 
<laughs> yeah. We won't have any viewers by then anyway, so it won't matter. We'll be here by ourselves. You got another one for us? Yeah. Next up, uh, this will be no surprise to our regular uh, viewers and listeners. I think you're really beautiful, and I feel really warm when I'm around you, and my tongue swells up. <laughs> this one was from Buddy to uh, Joby, Zoe Deschanel's character. But we are going to dedicate this quote to Joseph Daniel Votto because he deserves no small amount of, of praise, every bit that we give him. And, Joey, if you're listening, you're beautiful, and I feel really warm because you're around. That's how <laughs> probably doesn't swell up, but it's very warm. Oh, Joey. Oh, wait a minute. Joey's from Canada. He's been in on it all along. He's been in on the scheme all along. Oh, I love you, Joey. All right. Uh, let's see. We got a, a three or four more here, but there's one that I want to do before we uh, before we get out of here or before we get into our, our, our finale. And that's this one. Um, and, the, and the quote is from Buddy the Elf, and it's, you smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> You smell like beef and cheese. And, you know, I was trying to think, because that's my, one of my favorite quotes when he says that in the movie. You know, <laughs> he's talking to a, a department store Santa. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for a movie that came out 18 years ago. But um, you smell like beef and cheese. And so I thought, you know, and we're trying to kind of talk about the 2021 Reds. And I couldn't really come up uh, with anyone that I thought that applied to. So I started thinking, well, what about, you know, Reds and, and recent memory, who would, who would that quote, and quote apply to it? And and the name that, that popped in my head for one reason or another, and I guess uh, maybe you already thought of this was, was Johnny Gomes. Remember the immortal Johnny Gomes from the 2010 Reds? <laughs> he always seemed like he smelled like beef and cheese. I don't know. Maybe not. Anyone else you can think of? No, we were doing the show notes and I was trying to like, that was one of the first quotes I found. I was like, I got to find a way to use this quote. And I couldn't, I scrapped it. <laughs> showed up at the eleventh hour with the <laughs> reference. And yeah, we could we couldn't skip that quote, so I had to had to toss it in there. And so I don't know, Johnny Gum's the best I come up with. I expect that everyone on Twitter. I want you to uh, tell us who in in Red's history smells the most like beef and cheese. <laughs> on that note, uh, one, we have one more quote before the uh, the home stretch sort of that didn't involve the Reds, but still is too good to pass up. Is this place reminds me of Santa's workshop? Except it smells like mushrooms, and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Chad had the great idea to dedicate this to Bush Stadium. That's right. That's where the Cardinals play. It reminds <laughs> me of Santa's workshop. Except, except it smells like mushrooms, and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> Love it. Mushrooms. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, there's there's one that I really wanted to uh, I really wanted to uh, to add in here and. I don't know. I couldn't figure. I couldn't figure out exactly uh, where to do it. And so, again, along with who smells like beef and cheese at Riverfront Cincy, um, at Dotson C, at NC Dotson Thirty Two, I think. Um, I want you to tweet at us and tell us who fits that beef and cheese quote, and also this one. Okay, who? Because I couldn't come up with anyone. And here's the quote from Buddy. He's an angry elf. <laughs> He's an angry elf. Um, so I want to, I want to know who, who that we, should, I, we, I couldn't come up with, we couldn't come up with anyone that, that really fits. So I want to hear who, unless you've, unless you've come up with someone on the fly here, Nate. No, I'm afraid of offending people. So. <laughs> <Twitter's> not. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's, let's go to our, uh, our home stretch here. I'll take the, I'll take the next one. Good. Here's the quote from Santa. Once again, that's another thing, buddy. You should know that your father 
He's on the naughty list. And yes, this one goes out to Phil Castellini. Phil Castellini. Yes, sorry. Sorry, Phil. Your father. He's on the naughty list. I think the next quote uh, kind of similar vibes, right? Feeds right in. This could be why he is on the naughty list. But the next quote from also from Buddy, you sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) Because for some reason, oh, Bobby C, he likes to pretend that he's not a billionaire and doesn't have money. He's on a throne of lies. Bob Castellini sits on a throne of lies. That's why he's on the naughty list. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. So uh, I guess in the same spirit as this, our, our next to last quote. And this one comes again from Santa. I'm getting all the Santa quotes, which makes me feel pretty good since, you know. Yeah, I, fitting. Yeah. Wait, why is that fitting? What you're saying, man. Here's a guess. Listen, some people, they just lose sight of what's important in life. That doesn't mean they can't find their way again, huh? Maybe all they need is just a little Christmas spirit. Yeah, some people lose sight of what's important. That doesn't mean they can't find their way again. Maybe all they need is just a little Christmas spirit. That has to go out to, our, again, our guy Bob Castellini, Bobby C. You know, it, maybe if we all get together there at Great American Ballpark and uh, sing some Christmas carols, maybe, you know, maybe Castellini will get in the spirit. Spend some of that uh, that vegetable money he's got laying around, right? And, uh, just because he's been the same guy that, that we've gotten to know, that doesn't mean he can't uh, find his way again, right? Riverfront meetup, you know, that's Fountain Square. We'll lock arms and take Christmas carols. I mean, see if, see if it works. Does he live in Cincinnati? Can we confirm that? He needs to be able to hear us. Well, you know, the question is whether he actually goes into the office. Um, I'm sure when it's cold, I know he has at least two. Well, he sold one of his vacation homes, so I'm not sure how many vacation homes he has now. So I'm sure he's a warmer climbs uh, right now. But uh, whatever, it'll still make us feel better. <laughs> All right, finish this off, Nate. What is the uh, what's the elf quote? The final elf quote that will kind of kind of wrap this up, and uh, that we can use to describe this you know kind of malaise that we share as being Reds fans. Uh, this one goes out to uh, everyone out there listening or watching today, to the entire Riverfront family. It's just nice to meet another human who shares my affinity for elf culture. <laughs> so thank you to you bunch of maniacs who go through this mess of Reds fandom with us. <laughs> you know, we suffer, but we keep the Christmas spirit alive. We'll get through it together. Yeah, I'm just, I really am glad that I found this, this family here that shares our affinity for, for elf culture. <laughs> so anyway, there we go. That's our dumb. Oh, this, this podcast is just getting dumber and dumber by the second. It's about 402 episodes. This might need to be the last one. I don't know. This, is, this might be the low point. Or maybe the high point. I don't know. Uh, no, that was fun, Nate. Uh, it was a great idea. And, uh, you know, if you got dumb ideas like that as well, you can send them to us either on our Slack channel if you're a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash RiverfrontSensi, or at Twitter. Uh, or, oh, heck, we're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. At YouTube now. We're at RiverfrontSensi everywhere. Yeah. Uh, go subscribe and do all whatever you want. Why don't you do this stuff? The YouTubes. I don't understand how the kids, what the kids do with these things. No, oh, okay, I will. I'll go do that. I'll be back. No. Um, okay, so let's get into some actual Reds news here, and then we'll dive into some hey, viewer mail. <laughs> so there's really not a lot this week, and we didn't expect there to be a lot, and so that's why we've been trying to think of some things to do this offseason, kind of like back you know, when the, when the season was canceled in 2020. We had to kind of figure out what to do when there were no games, nothing to talk about, and we kept this show going every single week. 
we dropped that building the machine series. Um, so you know, we're trying. We'll be here for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. You may not like anything that we're doing, but we're talking into the void no matter what. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the what we did get. Uh, what we did get this week, and, and again, not a lot. We had. Um, well, actually, I'll ask you about this. Uh, there was <laughs> kind of a strange report at MLB trade rumors um, that is where, is, where, is where we both saw it, but uh, about Red's uh, first-round pick from a couple years ago, Nick Lodolo, uh, the, le- the lefty pitcher that was in AAA this past year. Well, can you just kind of tell us what that was? I don't know. I think the tone of the little blur was supposed to be encouraging, saying he's healthy and he's – going to be ready to start the season, but I, I read the quote and I think we might need to be worried that Nick Lodolo is in like a hostage situation. <laughs> can you re- can you read that quote to us? It was, it was the most bizarre thing. The direct quote was, or the, who was it? Bob Nightingale from the San Inquirer was the one who, uh, who dropped it and said that Sean Pender, Red's farm director said that Lodolo said, gosh, I feel great. I guess all that strength and conditioning helped me and the time off. I really feel up to the task of coming back ready to go. Who talks like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it wasn't a direct quote from Nicola Dolo. It was a quote, it was like secondhand to oh, Bobby gosh. Nightingale from Sean Pender, uh, you know, again, uh, Red's form director. <laughs> he reached out to Ladolo about two weeks ago just to check in, say hello, and how are you doing? <laughs> he says, gosh, I feel great. First of all, what is this? Is Nick Lodolo straight off the set of Leave It to Beaver? Golly gee, Wally. This I is feel neat. Yo, gang. <laughs> oh, I guess all that strength and condition helped me in that time off. I feel really up to the task of coming back ready to go. So that's all been positive. Get at responses. Yeah, really. Oh, man. Someone is even uh, worse at talking than uh, the Nick Lodolo evident. I mean, than uh, Nick Crawl or Santa Claus, as we know around these parts. Uh, yikes! But the 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 news was that that Lodolo appears to be healthy, and he struggled. You know, it started with blisters, and then just never really was fully healthy the rest of the year. Uh, sounds like everything's good, and and you know, uh, what's what, what's that going to mean if the if the season starts on time? Is he going to be with the Reds? I don't think so, unless there are some injuries. But uh, and we kind of talked about that last week. But uh, so no need to really to to engage on that. But uh, Nick Lodolo being healthy is better than the alternative, right? Yeah, he's one of those guys I'm sneaky optimistic about. I think that he could be sort of a, uh, I don't know, like a boost for the team. He could come in and, uh, you know, because he's got the potential. You know, he's got he's shown yeah. the flash, healthy, and can contribute. You know, you know the uh, pitching staff has a chance to be really, really good despite losing some obviously valuable pieces. Um, I think he's one of those reasons for my optimism. Yeah, I mean, a, a team that's really trying to put a contender on the field does not just hand away Wade Miley to a division rival for free. Um, it, just, it just doesn't happen. I mean, it's there's no way to defend that move at all. None. Uh, and so that makes the rotation worse. It just does. I mean, I think that's – I don't think I'm stepping on a ledge to say that. But the flip side, uh, again, maybe this is just trying to be optimistic, but I don't think it is. I think it's being realistic is that there's still some pretty good pieces for this uh, for this rotation. The Reds really could, and, and we've struggled so much with pitching over the years, they really could still have a, a good uh, a good rotation next year. Uh, you know, again, um, a lot of it's going to depend on health, and it's going to depend on guys like Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, uh, you know, um, coming up to Santa's workshop and and uh, making some toys. But uh, if they're healthy, 
uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what happens. That's, that's definitely, that's probably number one of my list of things I'm most interested to see in 2022 are those two guys uh, and, and how they make their debuts. All right. Well, you know what, what else do we have? I guess the, the reds, you know, they were linked to uh, this guy named Alfred Duno. He is a uh, international prospect. Essentially there's a pro- projection that the reds may uh, he's, sign he's a catcher from venezuela may sign him uh, internationally and uh i think Fangraphs had him listed as projected to sign with the reds and he looks pretty good but i don't know what to make of, of alfred duno except that i look that name and i see you know a dunn maybe a duno a dunn adam dunn i don't know i'm really reaching there no i like where you're going with this as a catcher too Ooh. So basically, what we're saying is Duno is going to be basically Adam Dunn, except he's going to be, he's a catcher. That could be good. I thought it was a weird news article. I guess that's how these international signings go. But the Reds are projected to sign him in 2023, but in the meantime, they're also projected to sign Ricardo Cabrera. No, don't get me wrong; these are like reasonably exciting prospects. They're both ranked very highly for whatever that means. So we'll see, but I'm not going to get mad about Red signing good players. This is an indication of how little there is to uh, to talk about, though, right? <laughs> Why do the Reds have so many talented shortstops under the age of 20? That's a that's a shame. It's a shame that it, well, if, if we get this uh, Duno kid, we might as well just go ahead and trade uh, Tyler Stevenson because we got our catcher now. True. And uh, talented shortstops, uh, Matt McClain. That was the Reds' number one draft pick uh, in 2021. Uh, shortstop out of uh, UCLA. And I guess, uh, I don't know. Again, this may be uh, writers trying to find something to write about. But there was a, a brief mention this week at, uh, let's see, it was, it was, yeah, it was Mark Sheldon at, uh, at Reds.com that uh, he may be on uh, the, the aforementioned Sean Pender says, uh, Gonna give him a chance to start at Double A, so that's that's actually that's actually pretty big. Of course, you know he's a, he's a college guy, so he's a little more advanced. But still, you know, uh, you get to Double A, you're you're just a hair away from the uh, from the big leagues. So we can trade Kyle Farmer now. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Sorry, Kyle. We love you. My VCR doesn't love you, but we did. <laughs> yeah, really. So I don't know, McLean. Uh, he's the, the number three, the Reds' number three prospect by most uh, most accounts, and. Uh, I don't know. Again, we're looking for things to be optimistic about, and there's not much news to talk about. So that's that's good, especially since the, you know Austin Hendricks, the the first round pick the, the previous year, had a kind of a rough go of it in 2021, maybe a step backwards. Still young, so we're not giving up on him, obviously. But that would be good news if the Reds could have could have hit hit on a uh, on a guy that can stick at shortstop potentially. Yeah, I think there's reason for excitement in the shortstop ranks. Um, Ellie De La Cruz is another young guy. They have. Is it four top of the top 30 prospects are all shortstops in the organization? Um, yeah. I think, hey, you know, we want these elves to come up and make toys. That's right. The one that I'm the most interested to see is Ellie De La Cruz, but only because I love that name. And, you know, he's evidently got crazy power and just seems like a fun, fun guy to root for. So great baseball. Yeah. Uh, Nate, um, that pretty much exhausts our current day Reds news. We don't have anything else. It's mid-December. The players are locked out. 
there is n- not that the Reds were going to be doing anything anyway, other than trading guys away, maybe. So at least we're yeah, we're not negative. Yeah, that's true. So I did want to mention one thing because, um, again, you know, I write this newsletter at uh, you can get find it at chaddotson.com. It's a Substack newsletter. It's you know, it's free. Go subscribe if you want. Um, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it, but if you like talking about uh, or reading about uh, the Reds in the off season and other things, you know, actually the most uh, the most read piece that I've written for that newsletter was a Bengals. Bing, I keep pronouncing it Bengals because I had this ridiculous accent. It's how's it Bengals? I got made fun of this for yesterday. <laughs> really? I said Bengals. They're like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. B i n g l e s. That's how you pronounce it, right? We're hill people. We must learn. Exactly. Hody. Hody. No. Who day? Who? Who? How's I? I I'm bad at talking. Pronounce that either. Yeah. So anyway, um, this week I wrote about something that uh, because it was the 121st anniversary of an exciting uh, moment in uh, in Reds history. I'm just really disappointed that I missed last year the 120th anniversary of this. It would have been so much better. But um, it, it, it's it's one of my favorite what if stories in Cincinnati Reds history. And so I'm going to briefly talk about it here. This just for a moment here, if you don't mind, Nate. So we're talking about it's May 1900, May 1900. The uh, first of all, the Reds ballpark catches on fire in May, <laughs> and uh, they end up playing 10 extra row games because of it. But they're, they're having a bad season, you know, 62 and 77 record in the uh, 1900 season. And uh, but something happens in the offseason that just really probably affected the future of uh, two different teams negatively for, for the Reds. And um, it was about this guy named Christy Mathewson. And if you know anything about baseball history, you know who Christy Mathewson is. The Christian gentleman, right? He was 20 years old that year. He's he's a baseball legend right now. I mean, this guy was at Bucknell University, president of his class, three-sport star. And at the same time, he's pitch, pitching minor league baseball. It was, a diff- it was a different time. And so he's pitching in the minor leagues uh, at, at Norfolk, Virginia. And July of 1900, the Giants, New York Giants at the time, they signed him. Okay, they were terrible. They'd been terrible over the uh, last decade. Um, so they 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 purchase him from Norfolk. Okay, and bring him up to the Giants. Hey, he only pitches in six games. He's 0 and three. His ERA is not great. And they just they weren't that impressed. So they send him back to Norfolk, and they demanded their money back. And I guess they got their got their money back. So, so he finishes the season. Christy Matheson finishes the season in uh, Norfolk. Finishes with a twenty one and two record in the minor leagues. But you know he'd kind of flopped on the big league level. And even though he's still twenty, it's a different time. And yeah, you know, it's kind of uncertain what's going to happen. So they have the, the kind of an early version of what we now know as the Rule Five draft back then. And so the Reds actually great great move by the Reds. They selected Matheson from uh, Norfolk's roster for one hundred bucks. Literally, the Reds get Christy Mathewson. I mean, and again, if you don't know who he is, I don't. I, that's not surprising. He played in 1900 uh, till about 1917, I think. But uh, he was he is an inner circle baseball Hall of Famer, one of the legends of baseball. The Reds got him for a hundred bucks. Even Castellini, <laughs> exactly right. Well, that's when it gets a little bit Castellini esque here. Um, John Brush was the Reds' owner at that time. And, you know, at the time the Reds picked Christy Mathewson, got him for a hundred bucks again, the American League was just getting ready to start. 
you know, they'd been a minor league and, and they decided they were going to kind of try to make the leap and, and challenge the National League as a major league. And so they're all, some of these American League clubs are offering uh, big money for the time to National League players trying to you know, get them to come over to the, the AL. And so evidently a bidding war kind of breaks out among American League teams trying to get Matheson to come pitch for them. And the Reds said, wait a minute, this guy's not worth what they're trying to pay him. I, we're not paying that much. John Brush wasn't willing to pay what he was going to take to hang on to him, to keep him from going to the to the American League, because who is this guy? And a matter of fact, the Cincinnati Inquirer later reported that the Reds manager at that time, his player manager, his name was Bob Allen, just never even gave him a tryout. Just a sad, said, said, listen, uh, Brush, this guy's not in our plans. Uh, he's not playing for me this year. Christy Mathewson. So the John Brush does what you know current day Reds do is oh no we're going to lose this guy uh, he's he's going to walk let's trade him before we can lose him let's you know let's let's get something for him and so they traded him and they traded him back to the Giants and Christy Matthewson you know ends up pitching, I don't know, 16 years for the, for the Giants after that. But in exchange, they got a guy named Amos Rusi. Amos Rusi is in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, not elected until 1977 by the Veterans Committee. But uh, Rusi was 29 years old and, you know, had put up Hall of Fame numbers to that point. So sounds okay, right? Sounds fine. Except that he hadn't even pitched in two seasons. His arm was hurt. He hadn't even pitched in two seasons. The Reds give up Christy Matthewson for him. Ruzi ends up pitching three games. His last game he gives uh, up, you know, so he gives up 14, I think, in one game and gives up, uh, I think, eight or no, 10 runs in his final game of his career. Never pitches again. Matheson, you know, goes on to win 300 and how many, uh, 300 370 some games. I don't even remember. That. 373 games, 2.13 career ERA. Ah, so yeah, you know, um, the Reds got rid of a future Hall of Famer just because they didn't want to pay him. That sounds kind of familiar. So what what year was that? Nineteen hundred. You would think it was twenty twenty one, but so the Reds fans the Reds. Have been tortured for the better part of one hundred and twenty one. Yeah, there's another little twist of the story. Maybe some speculation. Go, uh, you know, uh, we're going to move on to viewer mail here, but go. ChadDotson.com, you can subscribe to that for free. Get it in your inbox every single week or not, whatever. I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pushy here, Nate. Boss of you. That's right. Uh, hey, you want to do, do some viewer mail? Hey, we have some good questions this week. This is going to be a fun one. We did have some good questions. We did have some good questions. And I'm eager to hear your answer on a couple of these. So this first one, if you're, if you're prepared for it, I'm going to, I'm going to, here, I want to hear what your answer is on the first one here uh, before I answer. Okay. So the first question comes from our friend, Calvin Medcalf, Calvin Medcalf. Uh, first of all, they even have like holidays over in uh, wherever it is you live somewhere uh, elsewhere, like across the pond somewhere. Calvin's question is this, which holiday film villain is Bob Castellini most like in your opinion? Which holiday film villain is Bob Castellini most like in your opinion? What do you think, Nate? I thought this one was perfect. I think, uh, you know, there are several good options. I, I did a little bit of research on this one. There are plenty of solid choices, but it's Walter Hobbs. The guy literally chose to publish two blank pages in a book to save the company money. <laughs> <laughs> the kids won't even notice. The kids you know, won't even notice. 
Love me a sleep bag. Oh, that is funny. See, not I, I didn't go there, uh, and I should have since we're talking about Elf. But that, that is perfect. He cheaped out on the children's book because, eh, whatever. They'll they'll take whatever we give them. No, they won't know. Yeah. Oh man, that's perfect. I was actually down to two choices, and I was trying to decide between them. I figured you'd end up taking one of them, uh, and you took neither of them. And I, you may have the best answer there. My answer as to the best holiday villain. I, at first, I thought, well, you know, uh, again. Uh, which holiday film villain is Bob Castle the most like in your opinion? And I, I thought, you know, it's gotta be the Grinch, right? Surely it's the Grinch. Uh, because Castellini just seemed right. But no, I ended up going for uh, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. I thought you would go with Mr. Potter. Did you think that? Why did you think that? You're a renowned Jimmy Stewart fan. So. Well, that's true. Um, uh, Jimmy Stewart, did, of course, did not play uh, Mr. Potter. But uh, from the movie, it's a wonderful life. And uh, he's, you know, he's kind of the antagonist of that film. Rich, cantankerous old, we'll call him a miser. And uh, yeah, wants to make Red's fans life miserable. So I don't think, I think he might be right though. Might be, might be Buddy's uh, real dad. I will say that Phil Castellini is Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. (laughs) <laughs> oh man we're not going to be invited to the uh the reds uh you know company christmas party this year no i'm not gonna hang out with mr potter and scuff farkas next question comes from our buddy joe farsing now again these questions all come from our what's that is it joe <laughs> okay uh exactly uh, these questions as always come from our friends um patreon.com slash riverfront sensi where you two can you know join the family and uh be a part of uh our, our discussions and on support the podcast at the same time and also maybe get your question read uh here on the on the show joe's question is this what are your favorite saturday morning what's your favorite saturday morning cartoon we know nate likes scrappy Doo. do we do we know that i think it was a throwback to one of my very first uh appearances on the, on the podcast so uh Appreciate the memory, and you know, I like to think of myself as the Scrappy Doo of this podcast. You are the Scrappy Doo of this podcast. Of course, I am the Velma. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, you got a Saturday morning cartoon for us? Uh, I got, I got two. My, my go-to, my number one was probably Batman the Animated Series. Okay, um, I just think that was, you know, my generation. The best one. My inner circle answer, though, anybody that knows this is a friend of mine, the Pirates of the Dark Water. You wouldn't know that. It was after your time. Okay. Uh, thank, thank you for pointing out to everyone that I am I'm aged. It, it was a color cartoon. Actually, colors. <laughs> All right. Two seasons. They uh, they canceled before it finished, but a uh, random guy finds out he's a prince and has to go and get the, uh, I think it's the 12 jewels of rule. Before the dark water, dark water takes over the world, uh, did he? We don't, we'll never know. We'll never know. Well, I've never heard of that one, so I am I am aged, I guess. I'll tell you, I had two as well, uh, and, and one of those uh, I'll say for your benefit here, uh, Scrappy, was the immortal Scooby Doo. Where are you? Listen, Scooby Doo, where are you? If if you know, you know. When the Harlem Globetrotters show up, <laughs> you know, and help them solve a mystery, I mean. Nothing's better than that. That's the that's that's the best entertainment in the history of uh, of televised entertainment. I thought that was a documentary. <laughs> exactly right. 
um, I think probably though, where I would end up going is um, for my all time favorite, probably not Scooby-Doo, but I'm going to have to go with the super friends. Ooh, you remember like the super it. friends? I like, it. I wouldn't know the super friends because of you. They think exactly. Oh, the super friends. Uh, one of our other brothers and I big time super friends fans. And uh, the, the best were the, uh, the wonder twins. Wonder Twin Powers activate. So anyway, those are those are good ones. Um, although, well, actually, I'm not sure one of yours is, is very good because I don't I've never heard of it. Go watch challenge. What was it called again? Pirates of Dark Water. I, I feel like yeah. you're making this up to like test the audience. It's so good. Somebody out there is gonna is gonna know what I'm talking about. No, no, it's completely made up. This is, you know, kind of like I accuse uh, our buddy Doug Gray of making up names of minor league players that don't, don't really exist just to, so people think he's smart. Um, yeah, that's that's not it. That's not it, Scrappy. Rude. <laughs> Next question comes from our guy, James Urban. James says, happy holidays. The holiday season brings out memories for me. So, so my question this week is, what is your favorite Reds memory? I think mine has to be when uh, Todd Frazier won the home run derby at home. It was special. And then he says, P.S. Roll Tide. Sorry, we have to beat the Bearcats in a couple of weeks. Now, that's rude. That's rude. I'm, I, I said that on the show. Now, I apologize for saying the words Roll Tide because, because um, James is a he's a Bama guy and has been for a long, long time, evidently. And we're going to forgive him for that. But uh, we're all we're all Bearcats here. I'm sorry, James. Man, some people's children. You got to raise them better. As it comes to football this holiday season, I encourage all of you to cheer for the Bearcats. So, but you know, good question, obviously, and one that we talk about every once in a while. I don't think we've talked about it in a while. Favorite all time Reds memory, Nate? What's your favorite all time? Um, For me, I mean, I know that I've talked about it a couple times on here already. The uh, the Jay Bruce walk off 2010. I think a lot of our uh, under 40 listeners would, would say that. Um, I also want to throw out there probably my number two overall, but my first for a while, and it was the 2005 opening day. Adam Dunn hits a two-run bottom of the ninth home run, brings in him and Austin Kearns to tie it up, and then the legendary, immortal Joe Randa goes back-to-back. Walk it off on opening day. And that was, uh, man, that was special. That was fun to be a part of. The Reds were, were garbage. They were expected to be garbage. But that day, you could have swore they were going to go undefeated and win the World Series. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. No question. For me, you know, I guess if we're talking about what I've been in the park for, you know, that Jay Bruce home run, obviously, Clinchmas, as we know it, uh, just amazing. Uh, the Frazier as James says, the Todd Frazier home run derby, oh man, uh, my kids were little at that time and they were just blown away. That's the loudest I've ever heard that stadium, you know? Um, but probably, I, I guess I got to say it. My favorite memory goes back to when I was, uh, just, just a schoolboy back in the late 1900s, 1990, as a matter of fact. And, you know, just, I was, uh, obviously we didn't, we didn't, we weren't at the world series in Oakland for game four, but Sitting, sitting in the living room, and actually, you know, when the Reds won the World Series in 1990, that Game Four, that was that was pretty memorable. But actually, my favorite moment is Game Two, 
because I was the only one awake in the house. Still, my parents had even gone to bed. I'm sitting in the in the living room watching the, the Reds. You know, uh, game two, they're up one game to none. Joe Oliver hits that ball down the left field line, just kind of bounces uh, down the third baseline, and uh, Billy Bates scores. And I'm jumping around trying to be quiet, not waking everyone up in the house. But you know, I'm a teenage teenage chat, if you can imagine that. And I'm telling you, man, that was that that probably was my single favorite moment, and that was more than three decades ago. Goodness. Here I was smiling because of this beautiful, heartfelt moment that I'm replaying in my mind. Reality sets in. Thank you for that. <sighs> James, thanks for nothing, buddy. Kyle Kapler with... Uh, you know, kind of takes a shot at me here, and I don't approve of that, Kyle. I just got to be honest with you. I don't really, really don't approve. But his question is this: Out of these uh, songs, "Let It Snow" by Dean Martin, "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer" by Elmo and Patsy, and "All I Want for Christmas Is You" by Mariah Carey, what Christmas classic would you pay to watch Joey Votto sing live at Great American Ballpark? Um. Well, Kyle does take that shot at you. His answer would be. Uh... D, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. You're dead um, to me, Kyle Kapler. I will say that I actually love Bruce Springsteen, and I think that might be the second worst Christmas song of all time. It is so bad. The worst Christmas song of all time? Glory Days. <laughs> got to throw that speedball. <laughs> um, um, clear answer that? here has got to be uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, right? That'd be pretty fantastic. I uh, I cheated a bit. I went with uh, not Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, but Grandma Got Run Over by a John Deere. Popular, <laughs> popular twist on classic. That, that, that's a real song, I bet, isn't it? It's out there. You can, oh you, you can do the Googling. Well, I'm not going to do that, but I would like to hear Joey Votto sing uh, um, a Mariah Carey song at Great American Ballpark. And get you would pay to, for admission into the ballpark to watch that. That might be what it takes to get me back to Great American. Yeah, that might be it. Um, as you all know, because we talk a lot, Nate, um, and this comes up often, I have another uh, Mariah Carey, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You anecdote coming up. But, you know, I do that all the time. So We'll, we'll save that for just a moment. Um, next co- question comes from our buddy, Woo the Reds. Woo the Reds. I wish he would give me his real name. So glad to see you discussing the inner ring Christmas Hall of Fame movie that is Die Hard. How crazy do you have to be to think this isn't a Christmas movie? Wow. You know, woo. My friend, I love you. But for the first time ever, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. What say you, Nate? Die Hard is a movie that is set around the Christmas holiday. Um, that sometime in the not so Asked, someone decided to start the Die Hard as a Christmas movie movement. And in that time, it's become so underrated that it's now overrated. Exactly. Sorry, exactly. Here's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Love it. Let me quote Bruce Willis from uh, last year, the year before. Okay, this is a quote from Bruce Willis, of course, the star of Die Hard. Here's an exact quote. Quote, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. There you have it. That's a a literal quote. 
from the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis. I know you watch the Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis, right, Nate? Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not a giant Bruce Willis fan, but I should have. But uh... best Bruce Willis movie? Pulp Fiction. He was in Pulp Fiction, be, right? Yeah, it's the best movie he was in. It's not really a Bruce Willis movie, I guess, but. All right, woo, I'm sorry, man. Uh, it's not a Christmas movie, and I will take all the hate we get from that. Joey Gaditz, our buddy from up north, Joey Gaditz says, Cheers, guys. A, are either of you doing any traveling this holiday season? Also, what's atop your wish list? So um, I'll let you answer either of those or both, Nate. Are either of you doing any traveling this holiday season? And also, what's atop your wish list? Um, I'm going to do some traveling down to hang out with you and the parents and a couple other brothers. And then I'm going to turn around and drive to the other end of the state to hang out with the future in-laws. Mm. That's up my wish list is for Santa to show up and pay for this wedding I've got coming up. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and maybe pay for the room that I got to buy as well. Uh, doesn't mind. So that's my wish list. And my wish list is just that the, the wedding happens and I get to go and enjoy it. Um, traveling, no traveling for me. I just got back from some traveling, as those of you on the Slack channel know. Um, I, I took a strange trip uh, that nobody understands except for uh, maybe my brothers because they know how crazy I am and they share some similarities when it comes to this stuff. But I got found a cheap fare and I went down to Guatemala for a few days, Nate. Guatemala. It was amazing. Yeah, exactly. Hanging out in the Guatemalan jungle with uh, Mayan ruins and howler monkeys. It was it was an amazing trip. It's an incredible country. I encourage anyone to go. But uh, But when I was there, uh, I had, I was looking for, oh, I can't remember what I was looking for. Um, oh, I was looking for some, some earbuds actually. And so I went into a mall. They have a mall in Guatemala city, big mall. And people think Guatemala, they think, uh, you know, I don't know what people think. Uh, I don't think people have the right idea about Guatemala. It's a big mall. I walk in and the first thing it does, I get, there's a huge Christmas tree in front of me and playing is Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. And the whole time I was in there is all, you know, in English, all American holiday classics the whole time. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm in Guatemala. It was, you know, I wasn't quite the escape I was looking for. So I ran back out and ran back to the jungle. They were talking about you specifically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So no, no traveling. Cause I did that recently, Joe, but good question. All right. A couple more questions here. Then we will get out. Next question comes from our friend Rex Scott. Rex Scott, I'm going to continue the lockout-inspired lack of Reds-based questions and ask you guys who you consider to be underrated rock guitarists. For me, the list has to start with Brian May of Queen, who never gets the kudos he deserves. By the way, it goes without saying that my number one underrated bassist is, of course, our own Joey Gaditza. Joey, of course, uh, plays the bass guitar uh, very, very well. So he's our, he's our favorite bass guitarist, but, uh, you know, underrated rock guitarists. And, uh, you know, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. I don't know if you got that came right to mind for you, Nate. I did. I don't know if he's underrated for everybody, but he was certainly underrated for me once I found out that, you know, the, the floodgates opened. But Prince, you know, I, I didn't really listen to any Prince growing up. And I just thought of him sort of like a, sort of like a pop star, really, like this, this icon, but more for, you know, his voice and his, his cult of personality than his, guitar playing and then someone made me watch a clip of what was it? i think it was a george harrison like tribute concert after he passed and he and it was prince playing lead guitar on while my gu guitar gently weeps 
And it's one of the most impressive single guitar performances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I remember yeah. that day specifically. The Prince, you know, has a reputation as being uh, uh, kind of a low-key genius, but he really was. I mean, he was, you know, he was good at everything. He was good at everything, uh, including playing basketball. If you remember the old uh, Chappelle show, he was really good at Louse. <laughs> yes. You know, for me, I get underrated guitarists. Um, the guy that I'm going to say is if you if you were to go ask, you know, a bunch of real hardcore rock fans, who are the best guitarists of all time? You're going to hear a bunch of guys, okay? You're probably not going to hear um, uh, Rex's guy, Brian May. Um but you know, I don't. I don't know that in 2021 you're going to hear the, like the OG. And to me, I feel like he's underrated at this point. And I'm talking about Chuck Berry. I mean, Chuck Berry invented it, man. Chuck Berry invented it. And I feel like he's underrated these days. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, am I insane there? But uh, that he's that he's underrated at this point. I mean, he was in a Back to the Future movie. At least he was referenced. So <laughs> yeah. Where, where Michael J. Fox invented Chuck Berry's sound. Yeah, that was that was historically accurate. Um, I'll give a current day guy that I feel like's underrated. I don't know if he is or not because I don't know. I'm not the. I'm not. Maybe I'm not up on 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 the rock. You know, the kids these days they love the rock and roll music. Actually, they, they don't. But uh, I like this guy. If y'all have heard him, and, and if you like rock, I'm sure you have. But Derek Trucks. Derek Trucks is like unbelievable. You know Derek Trucks, Nate? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, go listen to the Tedeschi Trucks band, man. Those they are amazing. It's he and his wife, and they're just fantastic. So that's that's my answer to that. Um, all right. Next question comes from our friend Hooper Powell. Hooper, Hooper Powell. Once again, I've stumbled on the on a dilemma. What's a better movie, Fred Claus or The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? And then he says, Red's related. Name a player in recent memory who you wish had a better career. So we'll try to quickly get through these. First off, I can't believe this was a question. It's the Santa Claus. Fred Claus, fine. Twice. What? That's the craziest thing anyone said on this podcast since Bill Lack last week tried to to defend uh, the owners in this uh, this debate. That's complete insanity. No way. The Santa Claus is a classic. Well, it may be a classic, but is Vince Vaughn in the Santa Claus? That's a fair point. Okay, let me let me just let me preface my comment. Here's the reason why I think Fred Claus is the superior film. I've never actually seen the Santa Claus. Okay, but Fred Claus had Vince Vaughn and playing Santa. Playing Santa was uh, uh, Paul Giamatti. Are you kidding me? Amazing. You know who plays Santa in the Santa Claus? Tim Allen. Who plays Scott Calvin, who becomes Santa? Come on. Come on. Spoiler alert. Wait a minute. I thought he was Buzz Lightyear. Different guy. Buzz Lightyear plays Santa Claus. There we go. So so the answer is, uh, I don't know, whoever you like. (laughs) Um, A player in recent memory who you wish had a better career. A player in recent memory, he wish he had a better career. It depends on what you mean by recent memory. But for me, that's Austin Kearns to me. That's huh. the guy that should have been a superstar, was a superstar until some fat Cardinals pitcher sat on him at home plate. Um, that's the guy that immediately came to mind for me. Nate, did you have any? That was also my answer. Surprised we had the same one there. I thought you could have gone a little bit further back. But no, Austin Kearns was the only person I thought of. Him and him and Dunner were kind of coming up at the same time. They're playing coming through the minors. And it seemed like we were going to have that two-headed monster for – for a long time, and 
you know, I'll take the Dunner years over anything. But man, we had we had a chance there. It stinks we didn't get to see more. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. The other guy I would say would probably be a, a Kyle Farmer. I wish he had a better career. That's yeah. true. That's accurate. Exactly. And I wish he would keep his cookies out of my VCR. Oh boy, that's not going to get tiresome after the twentieth straight week of us referring to it. Uh, won't get tiresome at all. All right, last question comes from our friend Elliot Davis. Again, these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcency. Elliot Davis says, in honor of Elisa Alberto Bonilla, who are your guys' top five favorite names in Red's history? Um, he says, a smaller list is totally fine if the pod is running long. Thanks, Elliot. Appreciate you. You understand how this works. Um, and go Red. So top five favorite names in Red's history. Let's, let's, let's just see if we can come up with five, Nate. You got one off the top of your head? Um, I'm going to go with uh, – it barely counts, only 45 games for the Reds in 2006, but uh, Quentin McCracken. Oh, Quentin McCracken. That's a good one. I'm going to go with a Red from 1929 and 1930, really short tenure with the Red Reds. Johnny Gooch. Oh, it's Gooch. You love the Gooch, right? He's your favorite player. The Gooch. Pretty good. <laughs> Who you got next? Um, I'm going to go with a uh, guy from 1910, uh, Wingo Anderson. Oh, the immortal. And uh, the Googles tell me that that, that was his real name. It's not a nickname. That was a birth certificate name, Wingo. Really? His parents must have been excited. <laughs> what about this guy from 1949 and 1950 with the Reds? Peanuts Lowry. <laughs> Peanuts Lowry. That's pretty good. That's very good. Yeah. I'll give you one more and I'll take one more and then we'll end this one. So give me the best one you got left. The risk of taking this from a PG to a PG PG thirteen podcast. I'm going to go uh, former Reds pitching coach Dick Pole. <laughs> oh man, you didn't go with the Dick Pole. Yikes. Well, I, I you know um, we really do need to end this podcast uh, on on this note because I'm going to kind of give you Dick Pole. I don't know if you know this, but it was his it was his uh, great grandfather on his. Uh, on his mother's side, actually played for the Reds as well back in 1930. Doug McWeeny. It was, it was, it was Doug McWeeny. And we nailed it. And they were out. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, anything? Can we top that? Or would you just need to end it right here? No, I don't think there's ever been a better time to end the podcast. All right. So uh, thanks, thanks everyone, for uh, listening to The Riverfront or watching The Riverfront on, on the YouTubes. We are, uh, you know, you're going to be here every week. You can please subscribe, smash that, uh, smash that subscribe button, smash the, the thumbs up button on YouTube. Go subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, you can, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're at Riverfront Cincy everywhere. And so you can uh, go and subscribe and, and catch every new episode as they're released. Also, you can listen to us by audio the same way you always have, right? You know, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. We're always there. We're still going to remain there. Well, I can't think of really anything else we need to say, Nate. What? Any final thoughts? Thank you to everyone in the Riverfront Nation for uh, having an affinity for elf culture like that. Exactly. For Nate Dotson, the Wonder Twins, and Doug McWeenie, this is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. 
We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.